The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. To the show, it's me, Matt Slick. Listen to Matt Slick Live. There we go. And if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And, uh, okay, so tonight, I'm, I was, we postponed it for one day, but was supposed to be in a debate tonight. Uh, but uh, the other guy, uh, he had an issue. I had an issue a week and a half ago, a week or so. We had to move it back. Wife's health and some other issues and some stuff kind of piled up. And now he has stated that his voice is having some trouble speaking with his voice. So we moved it back one day. We'll see how that goes. And uh, I'll update the calendar on CARM for that. I'll be debating, is the Trinity necessary for reality with a Muslim who, uh, well, he, he said he knows more about the Trinity than I do and that I'm demon-possessed. And uh, he likes to attack the doctrine of the Trinity. And so it'll be interesting, an interesting discussion, I think. And uh, if you guys are interested in that, you can check out the calendar. It'll be for tomorrow night. That's how it's scheduled right now. I need to update, or maybe Laura can go just change the date. I don't know if she wants to do that or not. But she's pretty good. We have people who help us here at the uh, the intergalactic headquarters of CARM. And one of them is Laura. She lives in uh, the Provo, Utah area. How long have you been? How many years have you been with us? You hold up your hand. How many? Two years? That's it? Wow, it seems a lot longer. That could be a compliment or not. But at any rate, she does a lot of good stuff and she helps out. She's a great asset. And uh, then we have Charlie, who's also on, um, on, on, he helps out a great deal. I've known him for, I guess, well over 40 years. And uh, he's the guy who read me the quote from Joseph Smith, where Joseph Smith, he's boasted that he did more than Jesus to keep a church together. And that quote got me studying. And uh, here we are 42 years later, and uh, just serving the Lord. All right, now look, hey, we have five open lines. Why don't you give me a call? 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. And I also want to remind you that we stay on the air by your support. Would you please consider just going to the CARM.org website, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. And on the um, left-hand side, you'll see the word donate. And it's in the menu. If the menu's not visible, click on the hamburger menu. There it'll be. Or just go to CARM.org forward slash donate. And um, uh, we ask $5 a month. It's not very much. And I know things are getting tight for a lot of people. And they are here as well. But $5, we're asking for $5 a month. And if we get enough people doing that, hey, uh, fine. We can continue to support the missionaries that we have in Turkey, in um, South Africa, in Brazil, and also in Colombia. And what they do is they pass out literature, do website work, and all kinds of stuff for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they uh, well, I already had Carlos on. i got to get... David on David from Brazil. He's a great guy, and um, we're uh, going to hopefully be going to Israel uh, next year. And um, that trip's full, so if any of you want to join me in another trip, we might be doing one in a year later. Um, and that's uh, and make the, the footsteps of Paul or something like that, or maybe going 
to some other areas. But anyway, I, hey, which is what we're doing. All right, nobody's waiting right now. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to talk about something from yesterday. Because uh, the issue of uh, the, the lordship of, of Abraham in reference to to uh, his wife Abraham, I mean his wife Abraham, his wife Sarah. So well, I'm going to read First uh, Peter three one. Now, now the reason I'm doing this is because it really popped into my mind when I was talking here, and sometimes when nobody's calling in for the first part of the show, what I'll do is I'll just teach on something. And over the years, I've done uh, I think uh, I think the number it's either thirty five or thirty six. Uh, instances where I have counseled couples, uh, married, they're married, and uh, premarital counseling as well. Uh, thirty-six total. I think it's, it's thirty-six. Six times six, thirty-six. And of those, uh, of those instances or those times when I had, to, when I, you know, would counsel them, um, thirty-one of those thirty-six, the guy, the man, has been the major problem. And I, I was stunned by that when I started seeing the regularity of the men not stepping up to do their jobs. But I also noticed something else. That um, there was, from their experience and other counselors that they went through, it was a session of beat up the man. Now, just a you know, disclosure here. My wife and I, early on in marriage, we had uh, some difficulties. We went and saw a couple counselors. And uh, I'll just say that I was the major problem, and, and I, you know, I'm not uh, shocking anybody. My wife had her issues too. You know, it takes two to tangle. But um, I do remember that in one uh, session, one counselor, it was beat up Matt uh, time, and I remember this, and uh, I, I ended up leaving and getting discouraged because it was just a constant attack, and. I never forgot that. And then when I started, as we go, you know, my wife and I made things work, and, you know, our eyes are on Christ, and we have a good marriage now. And so uh, I started counseling people, and I started seeing uh, the same kind of a thing coming through, where men would say that in different counseling situations, they just get beat up all the time. And the women, nothing happens to them. It's not like, oh, let's give the women their fair shake. But I started paying attention to this, and I also started noticing that, well, men are mostly the problems in these marriages. So 31 out of 36 times. And uh, I wonder what that percent is. Let's see. Let's see. 31 divided by 36 is 86% of the time it was the guys. And I've got some things I could say about that and why it was, because I looked for underlying uh, commonality. But one of the things I noticed is that men a lot of times did not have a good understanding of what it meant to be a Christian man. And not that I've got it down, but uh, they didn't understand it. And so what I would start doing is teaching from a theological perspective, and I call it the theology of marriage. And I'm actually working on an outline, and one of the things I want to do within a year or so is develop a coursework called the theology of marriage. And I found out that by discussing the doctrine of the Trinity, the hypostatic union, and uh, the relationship of uh, these doctrines as they go into covenant, the eternal covenant of God, and then I relate them to what marriage is as a comparison to that. Then I found out that both the, uh, uh, the male and the female, both the, couple, the couples, they would be really surprised 
at what it was that they were learning because they hadn't heard this before. When I did premarital counseling before my wife and I got married, none of what I teach people, uh, mostly 95% of what I teach people, wasn't covered. And I really think it's a, it's a, a lack, and I want to fix that, but uh, not that I have all the knowledge. I certainly don't. And there's a lot of guys and gals out there who know stuff better than I do about marriage counseling. But I, I know it from the theological perspective, and I've discovered that it's very, very helpful. And so in the issue of First uh, Peter 3, in the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. And there's a psychology behind here. Because men like to see what you do. And women generally like to hear what you do. Now, that's not always the case. But with uh, with women, they're more communicative. And they talk. And they get things out in their feelings and communication. And that's a, that's a great thing. Men don't always do that. Uh, they might, you know, two guys might come out, you know, or if I say to my friend, uh, if he asked me, hey, can you come over to my house uh, on such and such a date? I need help moving something. And I, if I say, I'll be there, that's all I have to say. I'll be there. And done. I don't have to give him hugs. I don't have to write him a letter. I don't have to, to uh, bring chocolates when I go out there or bring flowers or bring a card. I just show up. And if I don't show up, it's a reflection of my character and my word. There better be a good reason. You know, like uh, the car broke down. I was about to buy aliens. Whatever it is, it better be good. And then it's excusable because we're men of our words. And men are short and to the point about discussions and about things, and they don't need to be browbeat about things. And so I had a friend, I still have a friend, of course, who uh, wanted me to drive an hour and a half to meet him at a certain place to do tractor work with him so that he could do something that he needed two men. It would make it a lot easier and a lot safer for him. I said, sure, I'll be there. And I was there. And, uh, you know, because it's my word. Now, this is the thing. When, in a marriage context, if the woman starts talking to the guy about all the things he's got to do over and over and over, that is counterproductive. What she needs to do is uh, just be in a, in a submissive state of trying to win him by her manner because he will see it. He will see it. He doesn't need to hear it. That's the difference. It's a fundamental difference. And this is why Peter wrote this. In the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, because men watch it. And that's the thing, is because if he's free to just watch, and you know, it may take weeks, months, years even, before he goes, man, this is, you know, I gotta change, I gotta work. I gotta I gotta match her goodness. Because that's what guys will do. They'll see it. And if I'm with my, my buddy and he's doing something far better than me, if he's just naturally better at it, I, I can see he's better at it. Uh, but there's always a, a sense of competition with you know with us. Well, I can do this faster than you can. We boast and we mock each other because we love each other. But the thing is, uh, with a wife doing that to the husband, you know, that can be detrimental. That can be detrimental because he's not, she's not a man. And so there's a difference in... Um, and dynamics that are there and so the submission is not obedience submission is voluntary obedience is not what is talking about here is submitting to the Lord and looking to the husband and saying without saying the words but regarding him in his lordship position as a, a member of a leader of the house 
Now, women may not like that. Maybe their husbands aren't worth that. Well, that's another topic. We could talk about that because there's always variables. But this is what he's talking about here. And when Peter goes in, he then talks about the adornment is not to be merely external, but internal. He's saying what really is the most important thing is how you are internally and how that comes out in relationship with the husband. And so when I talk about this kind of a thing in a marriage counseling situation, a lot of time the women are there. I, I watch their body language and they're, they're reticent to receive this because they're not used to being uh, informed of this kind of thing. Generally speaking, they're not used to it. I have to work with them. And uh, they're used to the husbands getting uh, trashed because they're, it is the case 86% of the time there seem to be uh, you know, a lot of the problem. And I have to fix them. Say, look, theologically, this is what you're required to do. And boy, I'll tell you, I, I certainly can do that with the men. But because this came up yesterday about uh, 1 Peter 3, 6 was on my mind. And so when Sarah calling Abraham Lord, it does not mean that he's the Lord like Jesus, but that he is in the position of headship in the home. And if she acknowledges that and shows him the respect due to that position, then generally what happens is men will rise to the occasion. It may take a while. They may make mistakes in the process, but that's how you get a man to be a better man. Not by telling, not by lecturing, not by giving the eye, not by tilting your head and walking away, not by whatever, and constantly. I mean, I'm sure sometimes you get upset, you do something, okay, I get it. But if I'm talking about if that's how the normal relationship is, where a woman is trying to correct and guide her husband, then she is really blowing it heavily and needs to stop that. It needs to be a different dynamic altogether. She needs to not put him, make him put his guard up. But if he, she relaxes that guard, he is free then to spend the energy looking at himself and how to improve himself in light of your goodness. That's how it's supposed to be. Hey, there you go. Four open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. We have four open lines if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get to Matt from California. Matt, welcome. You're on the air. Hello, hello. Hello. Repeat offender. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. No problem. Call. No. <laughs> No sweat. Anybody with okay. the, uh, the name Matt obviously is intelligent and humble and good-looking and everything. I, I, so. I hope. I, I hope I can uh, qualify for a little bit of intelligence anyway. <laughs> You're helping me. You're helping me grow, I think. You're well, pruning good. me, and uh, I think I'm well, starting to flower a bit. So uh, what, what challenges do I got today? I got um, a question pertaining mm-hmm. to that which is uh, possible with God. Matthew nineteen twenty six, Jesus said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Right. So, yeah. uh, so the question would be then, could God create a species, whether human or extraterrestrial, where he deliberately wants outcome uncertainty as to what choices they ultimately will make? Wait, wait, wait. say that again. Where what? Well, outcome uncertainty. Where, where? Oh, wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! I'm, I'm missing one word. I'm missing a word. Outcome and uncertainty, uncertainty or certainty. Yeah. 
Which? Uncertainty. 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 Okay, so now, now because my hearing isn't as great, you know, as it needs to be. So, okay, so ask the question again. So could God, if it was his desire, his intention, to create a species where he would not ultimately know everything, 100%, the choices that they would make? No. No, it's not possible. Okay. Now, there are theologians who go into what's called open theism and uh, yeah. process theology, where they, and it, open theism is, is uh, heretical because it says God does not know everything, but he's growing in his knowledge. And that's a form of process theology. Yeah, the growing in knowledge would be a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. But my, my position is like, if you desired to create a species where there would be someone. No, you can't. With the choice can't. they would make. He cannot create something outside of his sovereignty and knowledge and experience and presence. It's not possible because God is the creator of all things and all things that are actual were first potential because God has an infinite set of knowledge and therefore all things that were potential in his mind are eternally known. And then that which exists is a subset of that potentiality. So actuality was always in the potentiality of, of God's mind. Because he knows all things. He does not grow in wisdom. He does not grow wouldn't in his knowledge. Fair, wouldn't it be fair to say, though, that by him being aware of the potentiality, it wouldn't mean that he has to be aware of the actuality? You don't understand. If there were, hypothetically, a thousand potentialities, there's a lot more, of course, but let's just use a thousand and with a thousand possible universes he could could have created, he would know all the potentialities of each of those one thousand. Period. Right. His, knowing the potential but, doesn't mean hold on. he knows the actual. But hold on. Therefore, when he brings in one of those potentials and makes it actual, then it is actualized because of God's decretive will. Therefore, since he knows all possibilities in any potentiality, then when it's actualized, he knows all actualities that will come to pass. Okay? Yeah, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't think biblically that, that, it, that it really conclusively says yes, that it it's is. impossible no. To, no. if it was his okay. will and his intention. You don't understand, I'll say this respectfully, you don't understand uh, the nature of God at this respect, at this, this point. God is what we call a say, or a say. He has the quality of eternal independence and non-contingency. This is his essence. Because he possesses this essence and this nature of eternal non-contingency in his nature and his essence, it also means that all knowledge is not dependent upon anything external external to him. It's called ad extra. And it's not how he gains his knowledge through extrapolation or consideration or contemplation or reaction to something that is brought about. God's knowledge is eternally infinite and never grows or decreases. This is the this is who God is, the Christian God. And from this necessities logically flow. That means that if God has all knowledge, then he has all knowledge of all events that will ever ever occur in any world he creates. 
and they will occur because they can't occur unless God has arranged for what's called the ultimate uh, or and or proximate causes in which the efficient cause or people's free will choices operate the free will choices have to be known otherwise it's then we don't have the Christian God by definition the Christian God knows all things actual as well as potential okay this is the scriptural are the scriptural references I mean this is this is a matter of his omnipotence correct no omniscience God knows all things first John 320 all right he, this is his nature in Malachi 3 6 where uh, he is uh, unchanging Psalm 90 verse 2 from everlasting to everlasting you are God okay so the Bible talks about him and his omniscience in Psalm 1 uh, uh, 139 119 talks about him being everywhere so the Bible talks about his existence as eternal from everlasting to everlasting you are God Psalm 90 verse 2 that his he's unchangeable Malachi 3 6 uh, Hebrews 10:20, no, uh, 8:20. I can remember this point. 10:22, I think, that he's unchangeable in his nature, and he has all knowledge. He knows all things. First John 3:20. There's never a case where God learns anything. Now there are anthropomorphic. No, 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 yeah, I would no. never suggest he's learning anything. Okay, so this means then, in the in the mind of God, all things that exist were potentialities. Before he created all choices, even the fact that I just snapped my finger with my right hand, is ordained by God from all eternity. It does not necessitate that he made me do it by putting his hand on my hand and making me snap my fingers, but by the condition of his sovereignty in all areas, he can bring me to the place of doing it freely. He moves the heart of the king where he wishes it to go, Proverbs 21.1. We're still free. But a lot of the open theists uh, delve into the deep end of heresy when they start saying, well, God is learning and God doesn't know all things. Well, that's not the God of Scripture. And then they right. get into some other well, areas yeah, of error. Yeah. And so, you know, like I have these jokes I say about the God of open theism. Because that means the future's open. God doesn't know everything that's going to happen because it's your free will. If, it's, if you have free will, then God ha can't know everything that's going to happen. Otherwise, you're not free. And it's stupid logic. And I'll say, what is the God of, uh, you know, when something goes wrong, what does the God of, of open theism say? Don't. Okay, you know, like, oops. Or, or, or what's, what's something else the God of open theism would say? You know, uh, well, that didn't work. Oh, man, that, I, that caught me off guard. i got to try one. Or how about this one? You go up to God and you go, hey, did you hear the one about? And he goes, no, I haven't. You know, it, it's because you're, it's what open theism does, and this whole idea it does is it lowers God in order to exalt man. And that's idolatry. Hold on, man. we got a break, okay? Okay. All right. Yep. Whew. I love this stuff. Hey, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. Three open lines. 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? I'm smiling because <laughs> we were joking around in the chat room, and Randall got me. That was a good one, Randall. Made me laugh. All right, let's get back on the air with Matt from California. Okay, buddy. So are you with me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, I wonder if I could... Uh 
revert to something I touched upon a couple times before, maybe last week. I, I don't want you to think I'm like beating a, a dead horse, but um, All right. I, I did a little more examining of like uh, Paul's uh, uh, statement in Hebrews 9.27, where it is appointed unto men once to die and there after the judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, with regards to babies, they're not men. I'm just, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm and just, neither are I women. That... And neither are women. So you're right. making a uh, gender distinction here, and and um, doing that because men here just includes everybody. That's what it is. Right, right, and we and we know that. Like, uh, but um, yeah. does that I include mean, babies then? Well, like that could be a gray area where somebody's like, "Well, that's subject to interpretation." No, no, it's not. It's not a gray area. Men includes women. It's all inclusive. You can't say that it's appointed men to die once, and that babies are not included in that category until they get to a certain age. Then they're included in the category. It wouldn't make any sense. Okay, but in uh, uh, if I can reference some other passages that that where it's. It, it, it would might uh, a Christian may want to take it as an absolute statement, where it seems like Go ahead. an absolute what, what statement. Verse? What verse? Um, okay, where is it? There is Matthew seven sixteen. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs? Or no, do they pick grapes yeah. from thorn bushes or do they and do uh-huh. they pick figs from thistles? Right. So yeah. why I'm why I'm presenting that is we know that there is fruit that is of value to be picked that does have thorns on the tree, like or on the bush. Okay, okay. You just took a verse and you didn't look at the context. What he's talking about here is false prophets who come as sheep in sheep's clothing as ravened wolves. You'll know them by their fruit. Is talking about what comes out of their hearts. It's not about picking grapes. Okay. No, I know, I know, but it's, but being that that's used as an example, being that that's okay. Used, so, what's you your ultimate question or point about this? What's your ultimate question? Because I'm, I'm not like following. If that's here. being used, that that's rock solid. That you will never find fruit of value that comes from a plant. Well, I don't. Okay. You were. T- I'm confused. You're talking about babies, and now you go to this verse. I don't see any connection yet. So, are you on a different topic uh, can, or the same can, one? You know, I can I can explain what the the the, 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 the issue is where it seems like a statement is lock solid, it's tight. I'm seeing that it has holes. Some some areas of the Bible. Wait, are not okay. So what you did? Oh, I get you. So you go to one place in Scripture that's metaphoric, and then you say, because it's metaphoric over there, it has to be over in some other place. That's called illegitimate totality transfer. It's a faulty exegetical procedure. Now, I've shown you what the... You have to look... Okay, hold on. Hold on. I've shown you... You've got to look at the Scriptures in their context. Don't jump around and bring them together. That's what the Mormons do. That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses do. You can't do that got to read them in a context because they don't say what people want them to say when you take them out of context. Okay? So, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even well, sure what you're talking my, about now. We talked about the babies. Babies are, babies are included in the category of, of men because as are women. It's appointed to men to die once after this is judgment. 
and that's it. There's no reincarnation. There's no second chance. That's it. Okay. Well, here's 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 all I'm trying to say is that it doesn't seem so locked solid in the statement. And, okay. And I'm trying to present well, I tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you what. I'm glad that you agree with me uh, that I'm right about this. And, you know, I just as you just admitted. Okay. I'm, I'm glad. That's that's good. Okay. Well, I could be like, I'm glad you just, that you agree that I agree with you agreeing with. <laughs> now, see, now here we have a I word game, you see, thing. because if it's just if what you're saying is it just could mean this, we're going to be open to whatever. Then I can interpret whatever you're saying, whatever way I want. Also, it doesn't work like that. It leads to incoherence. You read it in the context, you examine it in the context. But that is what you're doing. Well, we need to move along, okay, Matt, because uh, you need to get more articulate in your questioning, and you're not, uh, have people waiting, and you're not uh, really thinking these things through. You cannot can make I, the extrajudicial errors that you just did. Can I present more? We're going we're gonna to move along, call back tomorrow, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get there. All right, let's get to Sean from Utah. Hey, Sean, welcome. You are on the air. Hey, good to talk to you, hey. Matt. appreciate your patience with your caller. Cool. Cool. <laughs> hey, I have a question. Uh, years ago, I was talking with my father-in-law, who devout LDS. We were having a mm-hmm. debate, or he, he was asking about Christianity. And he asked me this question, why didn't Jesus teach math or science? And I was wondering if you've heard that one before. Because he looked at me like, checkmate, I win. <laughs> well, he didn't teach, teach about nuclear physics either. He also didn't teach about um, sewing techniques or how to do a, a good backhand in tennis. What's the point? Uh, yeah, exactly. I, and I kind of told him the same thing. That wasn't his purpose. But he says, the reason was because I already know it all. You see, I've been, I'm probably an, over a million years old, and I'm just a little bit below God, and I won't know that. He I said that? It, so, yeah, so as bad as the... Wait, 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 yeah, he yeah. said, he said that? He actually said that? I, I, I had to move away, I was waiting for lightning to strike, because he was saying, uh, exactly, wow. he was saying, I'm so much greater than I even know, that uh, oh, I could have been, wow. I may have already been, I already know it all, I already know all the math and science, he didn't have to teach me, it was just hidden from me, and I'm so much greater than I even know, and this oh. is a guy who's been in it for 20 or 30 well, years, and so... Well, then you got him. You got him. Because then you could say, then Jesus came to explain what you did not know. And that's the, the nature of who he is and what the gospel really is. Because apparently you didn't know. So let's go to what he says. And let's see what the gospel is according to what Jesus said. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll have to remember that. And, uh, I mean, this was years ago when we talked about it. Oh, and, okay. And I thought well. I had to prepare for years and years to know what they teach in order to debate with them or talk theology. And I realized how weak every argument he has and when i would counter it he would just jump to the next thing and oh well that's, that's a it's a technique used in the cults uh in that yeah. if, you, if they they get cornered they just it's called red herring they don't dr- address the issue they just bring up something else i see it all the time i see it with atheists i see it with christians i see it with mormons jehovah's witnesses i see it with muslims i see it with uh roman catholics they do the same thing now, me, I focus. Let's focus on this point. Let's see if we can get this point worked out and go to the next one. We're laying a brick down. Let's make sure the brick's in the right place. We yeah, understand it properly. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had talked with him about Jeremiah talking about the preexistence to show that God knows who we are, because he used that as his argument, that yeah. God knew me, so I knew him, right? And I said, no, 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 no,
and he yeah, throws he, it out. Well, anyway, how about this? You know? <laughs> yeah, Jay, uh, Jeremiah one five. Before you were in the womb, I knew you. It is not that he had a preexistence, because God's knowledge of people. When he says I know you, it means you're saved. When he says I don't know, it means you're not saved. You can go to Matthew seven twenty two and twenty three for that. You can also go to cross reference it with John uh, ten twenty seven to twenty eight and Galatians four eight nine, and this is a, a teaching in Scripture. So what he's talking about in Jeremiah is the foreordination and predestination of, of him as an elect individual to whom God has known in a saving way. It doesn't mean that he, he had preexistence. This is something that the Mormons have woefully failed to understand in the context of biblical theology because they don't take the Bible seriously. They don't understand. Yeah, their they don't theology between the, it's between the lines and what it does not say. They build a complete mm-hmm. theology on that yep. and their, you know, their key doctrine. So... I just was wondering if you'd heard that one, because I'd always thought, you know, their idea of preexistence, I die, then I go to this, this heaven, and then I start working to become a god for the next million years, and he's saying, I'm already there, I'm just a little bit below god right now, wow. and what I just arrogance. don't know how great I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he has had, he's had no encounter with god, none. Uh, even yeah. Joseph Smith boasted that he did more to keep a church together. You know, and he's following Joseph Smith because Joseph Smith said, "Neither John, Paul, Peter, nor Jesus has ever done such a work as I." And and you know, the arrogance that is there that we could become gods like God, the arrogance that is a judgment upon uh, people that God judges their hearts and minds and gives them over to the depravity of their sin that to believe that lie, so that he would say that he's already judged right now to believe that. Yep. Yes. And how how much harder to get out of it, to, to want to give all that up, to follow yes. the real Jesus. Uh-huh. It's like they're blinded and very little hope for them. But we'll keep That's working. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the right. power of the gospel, the power of the gospel has got to go yep. forth. That's right. All right, brother. Good for you. Power of God. All right. Thanks, right. Matt. Okay. That was Sean from Utah. Good discussion. Now we're going to get to Carrie from Idaho after the break. We have four open lines, 8772 Zero seven two two seven six. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Three open lines if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. And just want to remind you that we do need your support in order to stay on the air and support everything we're doing at the intergalactic headquarters of CARM.org right here. And if you want to support us at $5 a month, all you got to do is go to CARM.org forward slash donate and all the information needs right there. We are not involved with PayPal. And so uh, the... Let's see. The, I, want to, I want to use the word atrocity of their misinformation uh, uh, oppression uh, is is not going to affect us. All right, so there you go. Hey, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Carrie from Idaho. Hey, welcome. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Matt. How's it going? It's going. Long time no talk. I know. I was just chatting with Noelle in the chat room, and Mm -hmm. we were talking about the submission topic in situations where women Mm -hmm. are unequally yoked, and the man wants her to to follow him in a direction opposite of God, 
Interesting. And the the bind that puts her in because she wants to follow God, her husband wants her to follow him in the opposite direction, and no matter what she does, somebody's unhappy with her. And so, if she follows her husband, is she making an idol out of him? And no. If she follows God, her husband's upset. So what is she supposed to do? She's supposed to follow God first. God's always first. Okay. Be above your okay. spouse, period. Above your children, period. Perfect. So you always follow God. Okay. So if, for example, he says, hey, let's go to a swingers party. She says, nope. Yeah. It doesn't, not happening. Yeah. And, well, you're supposed to submit. Not to that, I'm not. You know, that's God's right. God is, okay. that's right. She needs to to rest and make sure, and this works for both parties. Make sure that the reason is because of the work of Christ, in the position that he or she is in Christ. That's what needs to be the ultimate reason, and not in a haughty, challenging way that is condemning. Right. But mm-hmm. no, my position with my Lord, I cannot do that, and I will not do that. I'm just letting you know. Still love right. you. But I'm not going to participate in uh-huh. X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Now, if it's just making a mistake in judgment, right. like like I use this analogy to buy a car when you really can't afford it, and he wants to do it. Well, uh, you know, mm-hmm. then let him pay the consequences. He'll have to to uh, work it right. out, and that's just how it is sometimes, right. and that's how marriage is. Okay. Yeah, it's tough. I um, prayed for a lot of years, and and all those years of spiritual battle. He got his way much of the time, and I was in a lot of anguish. But now, after 20 years of praying, he's going to church with me, and he's actually interested, and he's listening. And, well, and I will go. say, God put him through a, a real severe mm-hmm. disciplinary period. It happened, mm-hmm. and it was so painful, and it was painful for the whole family. Yes. But he had to see the pain of the whole family at, because of his actions. There and you leadership, go. and and so it, it it takes time. Yeah, all right. It does. It takes time, Thank and it's so not much. easy. And it's not like you know. Yeah. Oh, then, then you know, I don't want women to be out there thinking, oh, do we have to suffer through all of this? Well, a husband has to suffer through it if it was reversed. You know, we are obligated uh-huh. to follow Christ and to do the best we can, right. and we're going to make mistakes in the process. But the that's it, yeah, yeah. and that's what's going on. And and I tell them, think in the long term. Is you know if you get uppity, you know, male or female, husband or wife gets uppity about their spouses, whatever, and I'm not going to put up with that for very long. And that's the attitude. Well, think is that what Christ would want of you? He puts up with you, and you know, don't yeah. put up with yeah. sin, of course. But these are these are just general comments, you know, that we worked out in particular. Yeah, yeah good for it, you. It, it's, it's about. Are you still season. going to Josh's church? Yeah. Okay. You still going to Josh's church? Josh. Oh, you know, we tried it for a while, and we missed Eagle Christian, and we decided okay. we're just going to stick with Eagle Christian, and we like the Saturday going to? night option. Which which Saturday Eagle night one you... Eagle Christian? Oh, Star Star and Star. Okay, yeah, I was there with yeah, you. Yeah, it's Eagle. It's a little bit of a drive for us, but mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. okay. And they preach about predestination, although they. Tell them to have me come in, and I'll tell me. Tell them to have me come in, and I'll speak. They know me. Okay, so <laughs> that's another thing. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I like that's going to happen. All right. Thanks a lot. God yeah. bless. Okay. okay. Bye bye. Bye.
All right. I love talking about predestination, but boy, it sure riles people. And it riled me when I first heard about it. Like, no way. But I enjoy it because, well, it riles people. There's a little bit of satisfaction in that. But mostly it's because it's what the Bible says, you know, and they got to face it. It's what it says. Well, I don't like that. Well, neither did I when I first found out about it. So I, I understand that sentiment, but that's what it says. All right. Four open lines, 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six. Now, we're going to get to the infamous <laughs> Alberto. <laughs> Alberto, brother, welcome. You're on the air, man. Yeah, good evening, man. Slick. Yeah, I, I got a question. So I, I used to visit one time this church up north in Riverside, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's called the East Coast for Jesus. And okay. I went one time to visit, and suddenly did these guys put your hands on you. They said, oh, you got a spirit of sex, or you got a spirit of, of this, you know. How do you know these churches are really... I, I would have asked him, do, do you sense the spirit of irritation I'm going through right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You always wondered, what if, they, how, if they ever would be able to say something like, you have the spirit of apathy. I'd be like, well, how would you know? Because the spirit of apathy would be saying, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> so how would you know if it was there or not? Anyway, sorry, go ahead. You know, anyway, they had a uh, like a book <laughs> section, right? And I started looking at a lot of the books that they're promoting there. They're from Kenneth Hagen. Oh, and that's I know, bad. I know Kenneth Hagen was a heretic, you know. Yes, in his yes, day. that's true. And uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Then they, they do all 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 kinds of different prayers over body, and you know, supposedly they have this. I don't know the word of knowledge or whatever they got. And it's like praying over it's, you. It's ridiculous. The of this, you, know, <laughs> you know, so it's those kind of churches are you don't need. We are they, how, how do you live with them kind of churches? Are they, they what, uh, particular? They're uh, whack. Well, look, yeah. one of the first things I do when I go to a church, if I'm visiting or whatever, you know, not that I'm going to speak there, but uh, let's say I'm going in to help somebody or meet somebody at a church, one of the first things, if I can, if it's open, I'll go in and look at the library. That's that's a killer for me right there. If they've got books by mm. Kenneth Copeland or Joyce Meyer up there on there, and a whole bunch, I'm like, okay, I can't trust these guys. They don't know what's going on. But, uh, you know, that's what I do. I mean, you know, but you have good judgment in that. But look, um, yeah, to say they put their hands on you, <laughs> it's just awesome. You got the spirit of whatever. I'd be like, <laughs> I got the spirit of irritation right now because <laughs> you're irritating me. <laughs> it's so stupid. I got one more. You know, just, I love mm-hmm. that stuff. I got. <laughs> I got one more well, question. It's ridiculous. About- <laughs> it's ridiculous. Okay. I mean, come on. You know, it, it's, they, can, they, they can put their hands on you. They know all about you. I can tell you what you got. Really? <laughs> I want to do this to go to a church someday. You know, it's a charismatic church like this, and they just walk in, not say anything. They just put their hands on me and go, now, you are definitely have the spirit of irritation. I go, well, that's true. That's pretty true. My wife would confirm that one. But, you know, what else would they say? I want to know. You know, I mean, did they know I was coming? You know, I want to know. <laughs> so, so anyway, I'm sorry. It's having fun. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, I got another question. What do you think about okay. sometimes, the, uh, you know, during all the election thing? I mean, so many people put their trust on on on, a, on Trump. Like, if he was the savior of America, he's only a man. <laughs> and so, even yeah, Christian sure. people, sometimes you put their faith in this man, you know, he's only a, a speck of a dust from the God's yeah, but, eyes. But, but you got to understand. America's God. 
You can, you can understand, but you see, the thing is, the left is so whacked, they're so deceptive, they're so dishonest, they, they're they so ungodly. They're, there's this guy, Trump, and he's got his issues. He just shines in the darkness because he says a lot of things that are true. They know the leftist wacko media that lies. It does. You know, the people who are opening the borders, it's wrong, and it, he's correct. And people, he's resonating with people because it's obvious. Now, he's not perfect, that's for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. that's why, you know, that's why. That's what's going on. Yeah, but so why but sometimes but some people put some, even Christians put so much trust in a man than person that the, um, the strong arm of God, you know. He yeah. should be our king. He should be our leader of this nation. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, talking about this, because we've got nobody waiting right now, I've actually thought about running for the presidency of the United States. And the reason is because I have the last name for it. And also, I couldn't do any worse than Biden. I mean, those are two excellent qualifications. <laughs> See, it's just, I mean, could you imagine, you know, someone says, what qualifications have you got? None, but I can do better than Biden's doing, so what are you going to, you know, why are you running? Because my last name is Slick. It would fit right into politics. You know, <laughs> there's my platform. <laughs> It's, it would be so stupid, you know. But anyway, it's just, it'd be fun, you know. You, you, sorry, I can't help it. Well, I, I, I was reading this thing on the Internet uh, about the, the Senate uh, Congress lady. I don't know if you know her, uh, Marjorie Green. Marjorie Taylor Green, yeah. Uh-huh. The Rwanda Santa is not running for president in 2024, but yet the man has every single, every single right to run what he wants for president if he wants to. You can't sure. prevent him from running for well, president. The left is trying whatever they can to get rid of him. And the left, you can't trust them. I, I listen to them. They are liars. They lie. I mean, knowingly, purposefully lie. I'm not exaggerating. They lie. They tell deceptions on purpose in order to gain power. They have no integrity. They're hypocrites. And hypocrisy is a form of lying. And if you vote for someone like that and get them in office, they're going to bring that lack of integrity there with them. And if they can uh, get in by deception, by accusation of things that are false, they do this all the time. You know, the, the Russia conspiracy, there was no evidence of that. They would just repeat it, you know. And it's a lie. They have no evidence for it. And yet they will, they'll say that because they like to throw crud, see if it sticks on the wall. That's what they are. And that's what's going on. Those people get into office. Do you think they're going to be people of integrity? You think that's going to happen? Obviously not. No way. See, that's the problem with me being a president, being the president, if some weird, miraculous thing happened in a science fiction universe. But uh, I would just gather people around me who are people of integrity and intelligence, and I'd say, we're, start, we're going to study the Constitution together, and we're going to stick with it. And I would get lawyers in and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of, of waste. We're going to get rid of bad politicians. We're going to gut the FBI and the CIA from all the false uh, people in there. And we're going to get rid of a lot of the crap in the IRS and set people free to be able to do what they want to do in their own homes and not have the government come in and say what should and shouldn't be done. And then I would also, this is what needs to be done. This is one thing that, that people don't get. They need to promote uh, religion, not the establishing a church, but the promotion of religion because religion works in the heart and it governs the heart instead of having to have so many laws. I saw a, 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 a magazine article once or a, a cover had the Ten Commandments and underneath it, it had, uh, I forgot the number, but I'll make it up, you know, 857,281 laws to enforce 
this, the Ten Commandments. And it was brilliant. You see, if God's in our hearts, things are better. And what they're doing is getting rid of God and then making more laws, and everyone does what's right in their own eyes, and then they, everything falls apart. This country's in bad shape. Anyway, I'm, I'm preaching. All right, buddy, we're out of there. God bless. Call back All again, right. Alberto. Right. People in the chat love you. All right. <laughs> okay, All man. Right. God bless. God bless. Hey, folks, we're out of here. May the Lord bless you. Vote. If you haven't, I'm going out to vote, and I'll be talking to you tomorrow by God's grace. Another program powered by the Truth Network.